Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Frog Snacks Podcast. It is episode 110. We are well into the 100s. Um, it is uh, so we had a we had a couple of things that we wanted to talk about today. Kind of uh, hemmed and hawed a little bit for a while, but um, there was a little bit of a, a catalyst uh, that that led us to the discussion that we are going to have today, and that is Frog's beloved Vanquish. Beloved. Vanquish of piece of uh, of uh, Platinum Games make coming to PC. It it dropped today for PC. Uh, it has since been purchased by Frog. Well, the pre-orders open. It drops on the twenty fifth. Okay, okay. Pre-orders open today. Anyway, it's been pre-ordered, and and if you know anything about Frog, you know that he does not pre-order anything, and uh, I don't think has ever pre-ordered anything. So this is a this I is have, a big deal. This is almost like doesn't count because I've already played this game. True, true, but. So here's here's the deal. Uh, this is the second Platinum Games title that has come to PC in the last couple of weeks, I guess. Uh, yeah. The first was Bayonetta, which which uh, was ported to PC not too long ago. To the Steam. second long awaited, I should you should add. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It, it, uh, Vanquish kind of was one of those. It, it's kind of like a classic uh, Platinum Games story where they come out with a game and everybody's like, it's good, but like it's that's about it. Like People don't say anything else other than agree that it's a good game. And, and then the, the other crucial part is that it tanks at retail. Yeah, and then it doesn't and then it doesn't sell that well, so you know that leads to a lot of the thing, you know, maybe it's overshadowed by something. I don't know the exact release date or what what came out. I think it was 2010, maybe it came out. Something like that. And I think it was around October, because I distinctly remember. I think it was 2010 because I distinctly remember that I was going to Com- New York Comic Con uh, and I saw a good number of like, you know, Subway and whatever posters for the game, which I was actually surprised that it got even that much of a marketing push from Sega. Uh, but unfortunately, even so, it was just not able to break through. October uh, 19th, 2010. So. Holiday 2010, you know, so obviously there's going to be other big titles that are overshadowing it, but, you know, we're looking at, we're looking at good critical reception, poor sales. So it's, but it's, it's one of the rare titles that, you know, a game like this that, you know, gets like eights across the board, but doesn't sell that well, usually falls into obscurity very, very quickly. But there, uh, Platinum Games has a little bit of a popularity resurgence, uh, you know, thanks in no small part to Near Automata, which everybody is completely wetting their jeans over. So, mm-hmm. so uh, moved PC. Obviously, I, I think that they've been um, they've been enamored by some of the, the high sales numbers for um, you know for uh, the, the Bayonetta move to PC, and then uh, what was the other one that you said? Um, well, you're talking about Sega now. Well, yeah, Sega, so. yeah, and then Sega, who who was the publisher, you know, uh, ha- has had a lot of success recently with uh, redistributing their older console games to PC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as I was saying, snacks here that Sega really led the way for Japanese publishers to get on Steam, like in, in a full throated manner, because I want to say it was as far back even as 2012. But it may have been a little later uh, that they re-released Valkyria Chronicles, which was another very similar story, right? Yeah. PS3 game. I want to say that came out 08. Uh, uh, yeah, that sounds that sounds about right. Uh, I'll look that up too. But keep going. Yeah. So Valkyria Chronicles came out on PS3. Uh, critical darling, but box office was not there. Then they put it on Steam top-selling thing on Steam instantly. Keep in mind, this is an old game by the time they put it up there, and also, you know, by any standard, a pretty niche title. And it was beating out all of these AAA, you know, $60 box joints. Yeah, so check this out. Comes out in North America, November 4th, 2008. PS3 exclusive, right? Yep. Um, gets ported to Microsoft Windows worldwide November 11th, 2014. This is uh, almost exactly six years afterwards. And when you're thinking uh, holiday 2014, I mean, you're looking at like Dragon Age Inquisition, like big AAA titles that are coming out around this time, right? right. And, and uh, for it to, you know, for it to, for it to just, you know, completely sell, like sell out on PC, like that's, that's a... Uh, 
it blew Sega out of the, out of the water because Sega was probably statements like, uh, thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, and I don't know what prompted that in general. I think it was just part of, like, a bigger wave of moving things to PC. Um, Valkyria Chronicles, if you haven't played it, it is an amazing game. Uh, it really is. The, the two sequels, uh, two and three, I think were PSP exclusives, which is a move that a lot of people are still uh, kind of upset about, myself included, uh, because didn't get a chance to play it because not many people owned a PSP. And two didn't even come out in America. So there's another big hurdle for, uh, <laughs> you know, pretty much everybody. So well, that, the reason they did that, I'm sure, is because the PSP was still a viable platform in Japan, and I think Valkyria Chronicles did better in Japan than it did here. Not terribly surprising. Mm-hmm. So they, I think, just decided to go for the lower cost option, put it out on handheld, get it out in Japan, and see if they can keep the, the franchise going that way. Um, but even so, even by now, it's... I mean, there is going to be a spinoff coming to PS4, and I think it's actually coming out here. Uh, what is that? Valkyria Revolution or something like that? Something like that. Um, but, and we'll see how that goes. It's actually a very different game, but uh, that was the kind of platform strategizing that had to go on, right? Mm-hmm. When you have these kind of niche games. But in general, this is all a roundabout way of saying, so Sega in particular, but all the Japanese publishers by, at this point, uh, have had success, you know, putting out old stuff that didn't necessarily get their due when, financially, didn't get their due when they were first released, but have very much found an audience on Steam, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and Vanquish seems to be, <laughs> the fact, they just breathe the word, and it's already a top seller. Yeah, which is uh, just amazing, right? Which is amazing. And I feel pretty good about putting that pre-order down, because Platinum uh, record for PC versions is really good. Uh, all the PC versions they put out thus far have been have been pretty well received, uh, which is all the more reason to be excited because, in addition to having it on, you know, the most modern new platform, uh, it is going to have all the bells and whistles that PC gamers like, you know, mouse and keyboard support sticks out foremost in my mind, but also have. Uh, a, a nice slate of graphics options, unlock frame rate. You know, all the 4K HD horrors will be jizzing their pants. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's going to really be something special for And for, again, a game that really does deserve it because it is super, super fun. So all this is a roundabout way of getting to what I was saying to Snacks before we started, which is that I have in my head uh, kind of a PC dream wish list. And... The reason I have this list is because when I got this computer in 2015, I, I mainly commissioned its building. We have to really call it a commissioning because there's so many people involved. But, but I commissioned its building on the back of Overwatch, right? Mm-hmm. Which was, to date, an amazing decision. Uh, but I always, at the time, like through the building process, I looked at it as, all right, this is going to be the fourth platform, right? I'm going to have my Xbox, going to have my PlayStation, going to have my Nintendo system, and I'm going to have my PC. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to have all my bases covered. But the market, as it does all the time, which is one of the things that makes gaming so interesting, the market shifted again. So uh, platform agnosticism has gone to a fever pitch. For those that don't know what that means, it simply means that Games, on average, are on everything now. Uh, this is becoming a thing in PS3 360 era, right? Where the library between both the police, PS3 and 360 was, until toward the end, it was like, I would say like 85% the same. Uh, and that started to differentiate a little bit toward the PS3, toward the end of the generation. But uh, in general, now forget it (laughs) like everything comes out on just about everything again ps3 4 has gotten a um more of a boost simply because xbox sales have been flat so more of the japanese stuff has been uh coming out only ps4 but 
yeah, there's been so much that is out on everything now, including PC, crucially. So much so that as I'm looking to myself and saying, okay, well, is it worth it now to go pick up the new consoles, right? Like I said, I'm going to build my PC now, go get the PS4, Xbox One later. So I looked at Xbox. I, I was a big 360 booster, right? Mm-hmm. There's no point to get the Xbox because then Microsoft announced Xbox Play Anywhere, which is amazing. Uh, and on Windows 10, I get all the Xbox exclusives. I'm still... Well, I'll get to that in a second. But the Xbox exclusives are now all on PC, so that is already erased. And so that just leaves the PS4. Now, there are a good number of PS4 exclusives, like things that are done by Sony, whatever, whatever. So mm-hmm. let's go through some of them, right? Yeah, uh, Bloodborne, uh, I think. There's one. There's Bloodborne. I'm not a Souls guy. Right. I've, I've yet to play the series, but even if I did, it would really not be a high-priority thing for me. So I'm not going to die if I never play that. Yeah. Uh, another one would be, like, Uncharted 4, right? Yeah. Uh, I've yet to play that series, too. So, again, I'm not going to die if I don't play that. Uh, there's the, the Last of Us remake. I mean, I have a PS3. I, if I really want to play that game, I can play the PS3 version. I'm not going to die. <laughs> you see where this is going already. What about Danganronpa, though? Danganronpa's on PC. Is it? Yeah, bro. Oh, my God. I'm running out of... Uh, I'm running out. Na- so, what about what about Knack? That's an exclusive. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Knack 1, people consider it to be an abomination. I Knack know. Two, Knack 2 is, uh, is supposed to be uh, an, at- an <laughs> I atonement. I think it was Polygon that literally said Knack yeah. 2 is an atonement. Yeah, they called it an atonement. <laughs> we have to atone for the sin of Knack 1. Yeah, right, which is so bad. What about Horizon Zero Dawn? Did that come out on uh, on PS4? Well, no, because remember, Horizon Zero Dawn is by a gorilla that kills on people. So yeah. that, is pro- that is actually foremost in my mind as a, a sacrifice game. Uh, as in, uh, like, that looks really good. Yeah, uh, but that I'm like can't do it. So right. So right now we have Horizon Zero Dawn. Like that's something I'm straight up losing out on in my own mind mm-hmm. by not getting the PS4. Yeah. Oh, and Neo. Uh, and Neo. So here's now Neo is another one, but Neo is by Team Ninja. To my knowledge, Sony has no particular uh, involvement in that title. Yeah, I'm surprised. I'm surprised that that also didn't come out for Xbox. To be quite honest, because I think that because the Ninja Gaiden series saw its its all of its success on the original Xbox. Yeah, I think they were. I, I can't. They were building it originally because remember, Neo's another was uh, in the making for a long ass time type of game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think they were building it as a PS3 game. And I imagine the reason they were only doing PS3 was they were probably targeting Japan um, in particular for that. And Xbox then and now is DOA in Japan. Yeah. So they probably were like, we're just going to put this out on PS3 and call it a day. But then, for whatever reason, probably because of all the Itagaki-related turmoil, uh, it probably got shelved for a while and they finally revived it and did the PS4 version. But given that it was a success... I'm presuming that at some point they're going to do a PC port because uh, Koei Tecmo is also pretty good about their PC ports are a little uh, have been iffy for the most part uh, but they're getting better from what I I understand Uh, I would imagine that game is also going to end up on PC before too long because they're going to want to that is another game that I imagine will be a huge hit with the PC the PC audience loves Souls games true True. So I imagine they'll be chomping at the bit to get, you know, their greasy fingers all over that. <laughs> so that that we can put in the likely to happen. Like, I'll, I'll likely be able to get my hands on that one. And if I don't, like I said, I'm not a Souls guy, so I'm not going to die. What else we got? Uh, the big one, Persona 5, started life as a PS3 game, and fortunately they, they released that version, so I still played it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's off the list, too. Uh, Square, right? There's Final Fantasy XV, which has not come to PC yet, but they have all but announced that version already. Uh, Tabata, the director, said he wants to do it, 
they already did a giant fancy tech demo with NVIDIA, which looked amazing, by the way. If you guys haven't seen that, check out. I think they did it for GDC. They did uh, a big fancy tech demo showing how when NVIDIA announced the 10 series cards, uh, they did a big showing with NVIDIA like, oh, here's FF15 running on the 10 series card. Hmm, I wonder why they did that. <laughs> you know? Uh, and, and Tabata did say that the PS4 and Xbox One had their limitations. So they want he wants to do the PC version and do it like the Ultimate Edition. Uh, so that's really exciting. I, that That is a pretty likely to happen as well. Uh, if you guys haven't noticed, Square has put the entire Final Fantasy series on PC. Yeah, and, and fairly recently, too. Fairly recently. they The only games that are not available for purchase on PC are um, 12, and they're doing the Zodiac Age. That's so far only PS4, but again, once they do that, I imagine they're going to do a PC port. Yeah. So I, I follow that and likely happen as well. So 12 is not available, and um, 15 are not available. But everything else is. Yeah. So I'm I'm sure they're going to, and they've done pretty well with all of them. Oh yeah. So I'm, I'm I think sure uh, they're going to cle- to get that going sooner or later. Yeah, according to Steam Spy, even uh, even nine sold like three hundred thousand. Yeah, like that's pretty damn good for uh, what almost twenty year old game now. Uh yeah, two thousand uh, nine came out in two thousand. So so yeah. A seventeen-year-old game, or a sixteen-year-old. It came out. Uh, it, it was re-released for PC last year. So, uh, the only other one, maybe that uh, I think uh, might be tough for you, would be uh, Yakuza Six. So now Yakuza, right? Mm-hmm. So this is another Sega door. Yakuza Zero did not come out, or any of the other series. But that is an. I'm following that in uh, unknown, but I feel good about it. Yeah, I mean, if it's Sega, I think that it's it's like an eventuality. Um, also, its release date is still uh, unannounced, quarter two, twenty seventeen in North America. <laughs> yeah, they've been they've been building that game for a long time. Yeah, so that I, I feel good about that eventually making its way over because Sega's done pretty well with all of the rest of their PC related content. And uh, let, let's think for a second from like the business perspective. I think there's a lot of incentive for people to, for publishers, no matter what, to get on board because between Steam itself and all the various reselling sites that everybody has deals with, you know, does business with, uh, and Humble Bundle, you have a lot of avenues to continue pushing sales of your game for years. Years. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Like... For say, for example, Sega put the entire Sonic catalog on Steam, and they can continually. You cut the price here and there. You can push that puppy for years and years and years. Yeah, yeah, and it doesn't even have to be like a gradual decrease. It could be, it could be, uh, you know, periodic, but you know, semi-regular dips in price. That's which, what they do. Yeah, and uh, what was it? Even even like smaller titles uh, kind of kind of gauge long term interest by doing this as well. Ones that maybe were initially released for only twenty dollars. Um, I got a, I got a chance to speak with the um, a couple of the guys at um, at the Molasses Flood who made who made um, the Flame in the Flood, right? Which was one of my favorite titles from last year, and. I was I, I asked them you know pretty pretty frankly like how did the game do because I it, it nobody really seems to talk about it but I really liked it a lot and they said like every time it goes on sale we get a ton of people who buy it and it actually sold really well but the sales is really what you know drives it home like I don't know you know I we don't have a ton of details as to what these people are doing with these games but you know we still get requests to like fix things. So people are, are playing it and, and it's always seen and it's new people every time it goes on sale. Yeah. So that's a, that's an amazing, you know, live anecdote of what I'm talking about. Right. Yeah. You know, there's so much incentive. And again, especially for Japanese publishers, 
uh, I'm really glad to see that basically all of the major ones have gotten on board. Uh, Capcom has full-throated Embrace the PC. Like I said, Square, they're a little slow, but they do put all their shit out on PC eventually. Um, Konami doesn't make games anymore, but even they have put out a lot of their stuff on PC. Yeah. Sega, we've already talked about. You know, uh, the list goes on and on. Bandai Namco's a huge booster. Every Everything they do is out day and date on PC now. Uh, including, I'm so excited, Tekken 7. Yeah. You know, Tekken on PC is going to be amazing. Uh, so, you see what I'm saying? Like, everybody has kind of gotten the plot here on this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, when I put all those things together, I said, well, damn. I mean, if I'm willing to sacrifice a couple of titles, you know, I really have no legitimate reason to go out and buy a console at this stage. Right. I'm not against the console, right? Mm -hmm. But why do I need to sink that particular cost if, you know, it would only be for a small handful of titles, right? So let's, let's, let's bring that around, right? Because the whole point of having this discussion is to talk about, you know, what are those things, right? What, what is your, your average, your average gamer of, of modest means, you know, what is preventing them from going all in on PC? Great question. And I think it is still considered that the barrier to having one, like there's still a lot of misconception, right? Mm -hmm. So I still see like every time PC gaming as a general topic comes up in all the various forums or whatever, you still get the, I'm not trying to buy, you know, an $800 graphics card every two years. Right. And that is, you know, people have been calling out as a misconception for years and I kind of rolled my eyes back then too. I'm not going to lie, but owning a PC now, it's very, particularly now, it's very, the the PC people are correct when they call out that misconception. Like, I have, you and I both have the GTX 970 in our machine. For those that aren't initiated, uh, that is the mid to high range card from NVIDIA's uh, 2015 generation of cards. Yep. So there were the 9 series and now there's the 10 series and soon where I'm imagining they're going to have the 11 series, right? Mm-hmm. And they go from 50 through 80 typically. Uh, so... We, I got the 970. When I got the 970, I ran virtually everything new or old, butter smooth, 60 frames per second, amazing. Yep. I had 16 gigs of RAM too, of course, keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. But that's, you know, that's, given that both consoles have eight, that's not really so crazy. Yeah. So 970, that was 2015. It's 2017. I'm still running almost everything new at basically max settings. Right? Same, same. And the only reason I realized that I'm not is because I think a lot, now that a lot of games are starting to ship with 4K as an option from the get-go, that's what I think like the high tier of options is supporting, like the insane amount of detail needed for 4K support. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because like Mass Effect Andromeda, for example, Mass Effect, I can't run that whole thing on max out everything. But then when I turned it down, saltily, I'm not going to front, I turned it down. I'm like, wait a minute, this looks basically no different. And I I realized that's probably why, because that's a game that's made to support, you know, the wild ass 4K extravaganza. Uh, What I would say to people is that this is not 1998. Mm -hmm. Like in 98, you definitely had an argument for, oh, you know, if I buy... A, a card shit will be outdated by the end of the year and yeah. and general higher prices all around for for you know basic stuff anyway I think 100%. I think I remember wondering why one of one of the like uh, one of like the early RTS games that I had that I had gotten for PC didn't work on my like parents desktop and and I did a little bit of research and I don't remember how old I was but I must have been very very young and, and, uh, I, I heard that, you know, like a new, a new video card could help. So I, I said, okay, I'll like look for a video card. Uh, it was, it was over the summer. Parents take me to like office max or, or some shit to like get 
uh, back to school supplies right. towards the end of the summer. And I go to the computer section and I, I see that they have a video card. They have like a video card on the shelf. And it was, I, and I, I remember to this day, it was $750. And I thought to myself, I'm not even going to think about asking my parents for this. Like, the, it, it's and, completely out of the question. And, and I, and I, you know, and I didn't. And I think that it was just one of those things where like I threw up my hands and I was like, oh, well, you know, whatever. I still have my PlayStation. And I, and I think that that type of reasoning is not going away either, which is my console still is like fine. So, right. you know, that's, that's another thing. And it's like, at what point is the allure of the PC going to get people to do enough research to realize that it's no longer 1998 and that they can afford a lot of this stuff and that a lot of this stuff isn't going to become obsolete next year? Uh, I think we're headed there already. Because the other thing that I'm glad you mentioned is that console gaming is not what it used to be. Mm-hmm. You know, con- one of the main arguments that you get for why people are like, oh, I'm not dealing with PC, is that consoles plug and play, right? Yeah. Which is slowly becoming less and less true. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, I have, I have coworkers who... Uh, are not really they 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 play games but they're not you know into it like you or I are and and they complain about like updates like constant console updates and it's like this is not it's it's not plug and play anymore because there's there's like other you know there's there's like other like general gaming things that are becoming like not barriers but something that they don't understand and I think there, that there are more shall we say hurdles being put up yeah exactly. You know, SNES, since we're talking about the 90s, SNES N64 days, buy the game, wrap the shrink wrap off, pop the sucker in the console, you're off to the races. Mm-hmm. Now today, you have some big-ass download, which is true of both console and PC, but on console, you're much more limited in terms of hard drive space. Uh, at least put Sony, I'll give them, uh, lets you swap out your own hard drive. But the fact you even have to do that, we're already going to PC territory, aren't we? Yeah, uh, essentially. Uh, so you have giant-ass games if you're going to buy it digital, which is the way of the future. Uh, you have huge updates that come along with all that. And in many games' cases now, you have to install a shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that that was a big, that was a big thing in the, the PS3 days was, like, you had to install the game even if you had a physical copy. And, right. and people were, you know... I, I think that I don't know if I don't know if angry was the right word, but I think that they were like oh, they were definitely angry. But I remember I, I remember the whole discussion being like I didn't buy a PC. What is that's, this? Exa- that's exactly why people were angry. Yeah, and I remember distinctly when Devil May Cry Four came out. There was a long ass install period, and people were up in arms about it. And Capcom was like, "Listen, guys, shut the fuck up. You know, go make a sandwich, and by the time you come back." You'll have your DMC4, and you're going to have SNES load times. You know, so... And at the time, I was like, you know, yeah, people need to stop the bitching. But in general, as time goes on, and especially having PC now, I'm like, ugh, I kind of see where where people's, you know, mindset is at. Because, again, the whole plug-and-play nature of consoles has been dramatically undermined. Not to mention the whole paid online business. Yep. You know, being on PC really is just like, like, I almost feel stupid. <laughs> the PC Master Race Reddit, I hear them already. You were fucking stupid. <laughs> but I almost feel stupid for ever having paid for Xbox Live. Right. You know? Because, uh, now, mind you, when I was paying for it, it was a different time. I would say that PC as, like, the ultimate platform uh, was only really a thing as far as I'm concerned as of, I would say, like, 2012, 2013. Because the big thing that held it back in my mind is that, again, Japan was not on board. You know, so you had... To, if you like Japanese games, true, that's a sh- sadly a shrinking number of people, but if you like Japanese games, you pretty much had to have a console. Yeah. All the way through 360 gen, right? Mm-hmm. There's really no way getting around that. In the PS4, Xbox One world, that is no longer the case. So, to me, that is the biggest 
that was the biggest strike against PC that has been removed. Uh, and it's been so mind-bogglingly fantastic. Because thanks to Steam and all the various resellers, I'm getting games dumb cheap. I, like it's, it's absurd. <laughs> it's really, it, it really is absurd. Like I'm like, I'm like the Tom Cruise laughing meme. <laughs> <laughs> you can be, if, if you, if you can be, and, and I think that, I think that we went, went over these guidelines a few years ago, right? Where you would, you would tell me like, I will allocate funds for, you know, one or two full price games a year. But at this point, and I think that that still holds somewhat true, but I think that if you can be a little bit patient, you, you literally never have to pay full price for a game ever. And in fact, a lot of PC, uh, you know, um, key sellers will offer you a discount if you pre-order it. Yeah, so you're, now, you're mentioning one of the best benefits. So console... You have one digital distributor. You have Sony or you have Microsoft, right? Yeah. On PC, yes, Steam is far and away the big kahuna. But you have uh, most publishers do business with Steam and all these other re- key reseller websites. Yeah. So Green Man Gaming in particular is extremely aggressive about getting new game business. So every game that's coming out, you can be assured it has a 25% discount off the jump on GMG. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, in most cases, uh, the PC, though that's changing now, the PC version of the game is 50, not 60 retail to begin with. Yeah. So you get, I, I, I think the most I pay now for, um, for a new game is like $45, which is insane. Right. So let's talk about that, though. Let's talk about the key sellers, because there's been a little bit of a controversy recently, and and I think that most people heard about it. But this is not a, uh, you know, when you're dealing with third party resellers, right, or or third party um, storefronts, right, Mm -hmm. not Sony, not Microsoft, um, you know, there's going to be some competition. Some of that competition might get into some legal gray area. You were talking about uh, our good friends G2A. Yeah, and, and I think and I think that this is like, uh, you know, something that with, with a lot of uh, computing and social media and by proxy video games, there's still a lot of legality that has not been hashed out yet because it is still fairly new, a new phenomenon. Right. And... And so I think that this is a natural growing pain type thing, and I think with and if PC has kind of always been the the frontier. It's always been where people try shit first, right? right uh, where people no get cost for doing so, right? And you know we're trying to get the most wild with with their stuff. So if you don't know what we're talking about, there was a little bit of a controversy with the with the the game keys being resold by G two A as uh, being. Um, not ob- not obtained. Uh, in a, in a some of them were straight up stolen. Yeah. So the, they the way that it works is is uh, there's a um, there's like a finite number of keys sold to these these third party sellers uh, by the developer and the developer are, are and and the um, and they sell those keys and that is just a, a download code essentially. So. But you you have to figure out how you're going to resell them. It it's like um, you know it's it's like it would be like Ticketmaster, right? Or or SeatGeek or any of these other you know ticket resellers. These these digital ticket resellers selling you know more more seats than than are available, right? Right. They they have to come up with these tickets for these fake seats, and you know th- and it became a problem. So. The most, the most recent, the most recent uh, issue was, uh, you know, Gearbox started to try to get into publishing, and they decided to go with G two A for whatever reason, uh, as as their number one distributor. And that, that was I don't know if they're number one, but they were uh, in the mix, and I think that was just basically a, a publisher rookie move. Yeah, uh, because they they since they're just a development house. Uh, and since it was their first foray, as you said, into publishing, I don't think they were fully cognizant of the 
ongoing shitstorm around G2A, which, by the way, is just like, how could you not be right. as, as somebody that works in the gaming business? So I thought that was ridiculous, too. But, yeah, they they uh, got themselves in hot water just having dealing with them. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, uh, yeah. So, so this is the other thing, right? Is is there's not a there's not a place to to look, right? I mean, there there are many places to look, and I, and it it can easily be overwhelming to a newcomer. Uh, you know, learning all these acronyms, uh, you know, GMG and GOG, and and finding um, you know kind of parsing through all of the things, and then and then understanding how humble bundle works, and understanding how gifting works, and all of this stuff. It's, 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 um, you know, it's the moving of, of intangible assets. It's like, it's kind of like playing the stock market, right? Like you need, you can't just like decide, I like money. I'm going to play the stock market. Like it's, <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, it, it's, it, you, I don't think that the, I don't think that the, the digital manipulation of intangible assets is as, uh, easy to comprehend to a newcomer. And I think that the appeal of just, Going to a game store, finding a used game for slightly less than a than a you know new game or or even just one that's been out for a while and has been marked down and just popping it in is you know can kind of be a um you know can kind of seem like an attractive option when uh when you're when you're looking at you know all these like G2A scandals and then trying to figure out where you're going to get the best deals is it is it is it Steam is it Humble Bundle is it is it Green Man Gaming is it good old games um and then and then you know the frightening you know possibility of of them not working or or them being fraudulent uh you know, this is this is all this is all something that really isn't as big of a of a problem as I think it's made that been made out to be because of recent controversy. But if you are not into PC gaming, you read right, something. You could easily find yourself on the wrong end of this. Yeah, you read something like this and you say and and you say, well, oh my god, like people are just people are just selling games that don't exist, and I can no, I don't want to do that. I I I I can at least trust that the that the digital key I buy from, you know, uh, the Xbox live marketplace is going to work. So I think that, I think that that's part of it too. I think that there's besides the technical know-how, uh, when it comes to actually building the damn thing and, and figuring out what, you know, what, what what a goddamn gigahertz is, you know, you're still, you're still, you're still trying to figure out how to get the games to even process. And I think that, Yes, you don't need to be some whiz to build a PC game, uh, to build a gaming PC and play games on it and get the savings and be safe uh, anymore. Um, I'm certainly not, uh, and you're certainly not either. And I think that, you know, just really all we ended up doing was some cursory research. Uh, and, and right. I and I think, but I but I think even that can still look overwhelming. You know, if you look at like specs of a video card, you're right. going to be like, hell no! It's like opening up a calculus textbook for the first time. Yeah, I mean, I will say, and so there's a lot of things I can say. So let's start with from the high level, which is that in general, and I laid this out in one of the written pieces at one point. In general, I think PC gaming's greatest appeal is for the enthusiast market. So people like you and I. Yeah. The people who are following this industry really closely play a pretty good variety of games or at least play, you know, uh, um, a good number, right? Yeah. Of things every year aside from, you know, the ultimate biggest, biggest pop culture titles, right? Uh... Those people are who I I would make my appeal to say, hey, you could really do well on PC because it's super awesome. Uh, and yeah, there is very much a learning curve, which I even I don't think too much about because, yeah, I was not a – I have background in all this stuff. So even though I had not physically built a computer in years, uh, I had background and I had, crucially, uh, more knowledgeable friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would say that also PC gaming is definitely to get you started at least you're best served if you have a kind of a safari guide with you 
Yeah, it yeah. It's fine if you are going to go off the very, very many videos and written guides that are now available. But uh, to at least get your hardware up and running, it is definitely best to have a Safari guide, you know, to help you, you know, kind of demystify that part of the process. But then everything else I did myself, like all the software setup and all that stuff, uh, I did all that myself. And I find that part, frankly, to be a lot of fun because in yeah. the process of learning about what's available, you'll find out about all sorts of cool things that you may not have known about. Uh, you'll optimize and customize things to your liking. You'll find out about a lot of great deals that are available to you and where to find them. Uh, and, and those things are of marginal benefit to you, right? Mm -hmm. So you'll want to do them. The more research you do, the more benefit you derive from it. So that stuff is what keeps it interesting. Uh, so that's what I would say. So the people who like buy their Xbox and play each year's Madden game or NBA game and, you know, maybe uh, a Call of Duty or a GTA on the side. Yeah, PC gaming is not for them. But if you're the kind of person that's playing all sorts of different games and looking for its most major releases and kind of in the conversation online or whatever, I would definitely say, you know, you could you could evaluate what your gaming needs are and see if PC is uh, a better overall fit. Like, and I'll throw these caveats out there too. That for all of me, you know, sitting here singing its praise from the high heavens, I understand that there are aspects that will not work for everybody. Like, for example, I ran through all those games. I, I personally said to myself, here are some things, yeah, I'm okay with never... I'm, I can sacrifice not playing Horizon Zero Dawn, for example. Mm -hmm. Maybe a person, you're like, nah, bro, fuck that. Okay, well, then he gotta go buy a PS4, you know? Yeah. And if Persona 5, for example, had not come out on PS3, I'd have had to go buy a PS4, you know? Yeah. Uh, and a big one I think about, you know, I love my fighting games. Uh, happily, after this year... Every single fighting game of record that's um, currently being played at any level is going to be on PC, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. But that said, the player base on PC is always definitely lower than the player base on console, obviously, because it's much easier to get the console version. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's something to take into consideration. That said, if you are with fighting games, you probably want to find at least some sort of community and start playing with people that way rather than just playing randoms online. So through Discord, another great aspect of PC gaming, right? Yep. Uh, the amazing, amazing Discord communication software. Uh, you can find all sorts of uh, servers for whatever whatever the game is, not just fighting games, but whatever game, and rock out that way too. Yeah, and if you guys uh, if if you guys are unfamiliar with, uh, with Discord for whatever reason um frog uh, frog wrote a pretty good uh written piece about it uh which you can find on our website um it's it's going to be up soon and um just going through the final editing stages but it's it, but it's essentially a good rundown of of why it's uh it, it's all the best parts of of um you know you know the ps4 party app and the xbox live uh you know party chat but uh but like a thousand times better and it is it's essentially like um you know all of the all, all of the proprietary chat apps for the console, but with this like big um, you know community aspect built into it, and that's another that's another thing is the um, I think community support for PC is bigger because the modding scene is bigger. And oh yeah, well there is there's no modding scene for console uh, except for Bethesda's you know toe dips in the water for that. Right. Uh, but yeah, mods are a huge part because I mean, go back to fighting games for example. People, all, a lot of people in FGC buy fighting games twice: once console for the player base and once PC because they can get all the crazy mods and the ongoing support. Mm -hmm. uh, like for me, the biggest, another big reason that I'm kind of like uh, trying to leave console behind at this point is uh, so social is now a humongous aspect of gaming, right? Mm. So, like, the Xbox 360 days, 
it was a spot, right? You know, everybody got on 360, was hanging out, playing games, whatever, whatever, whatever. But then the market shift, and suddenly Sony took the crown, and Xbox is a non-factor, which is not a big deal except for the fact that that means now I'm starting my whole game digital game library over on PS4 or whatever, right? Which is, you know, obviously I, I keep my consoles. I'm not even one of the kind of people that sell consoles. Uh, but even so, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Because now, like, oh, great. So I can't even, let's say, play something fairly obscure like a hardcore uprising, right? Uh, while talking to my friends because they're on PS4 and uh, that game is now only on my Xbox. Or I have to go rebuy that on PS4. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. PC eliminates all of that. You know, I'm fortunate that most of my friends also largely made the jump. If they, if they hadn't done so before I did. So I don't have to really worry about that anymore. Uh, but that was a big reason to kind of, you know, <laughs> set that set console aside in that regard. Like I'm no longer needing to pay just to access the online services. And I don't have to worry about like splitting my friends up. You know, oh, well, these friends are over here and these friends are here. No, everybody's on one platform it's great uh support is as long as you want to keep it going because steam is going to be there you know yeah uh and as long as you can find other people who want to play uh but like i said there are those caveats i mentioned like player base for some game may not be as big as on console uh you're not going to find every game you want just yet but pretty close to all of them are on there and including some Exclusive things like MOBAs, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and MMOs. So PC's in a great spot. But uh, before we run out of time, I do kind of want to talk about the remaining, like... Like, I'm 100% done with console if I get these few things, right? Yeah, what are they? So, uh, Microsoft. I need Halo. Yeah. That is in the safe bet. Probably this year, in fact. Yeah. Uh, I would, in a perfect world, like the the like the asterisk bonus is if they did uh, ports of all the old games too. That'd be in a perfect world. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm not gonna die because I'm kind of done with all those Halo games anyway. Right. Uh, so if you give me Halo Six on PC, bam, I'm there. Especially with Forge Mode. I mean, they already did Halo 5's Forge Mode on PC now, right? Mm-hmm. So, that Forge Mode with mouse and keyboard, you know, actual creation support, uh, that's going to be amazing. So, I, I can't... That's actually, I think... I hope they really push that because that would be a really good uh, selling point for the entire Xbox ecosystem. Oh, yeah. You know, people will be making... Forge shit on PC that could be played across both, that would be killer. I mean, I think Halo Wars 2 came out on both also. It did, yeah. Yep. Microsoft is pretty much pushing everything at this point. Uh, Gears 4 is already out on both. Crossplay on both, and it's great. Yep. Uh, so, there's that. I also need, just below that, in crucialness in my mind, Atlas. I need, I need you guys to get on here. Yeah. The last... The the one thing for for me, well, finish your list, and then I'll like the one thing that I that I am like just I I need. But I go need ahead. this. So until until happily this week, Vanquish was pretty much the top of the list. But I need yeah, I need Atlas to be on here, and I think there's a lot of incentive for Sega to try and make this happen because uh, the PC audience loves Japanese games, like loves. Yep. And if they started putting things like the Persona series on PC, they'd freaking make a killing. They are leaving so much money on the table. Uh, So I need, like, all I would need from Atlas, I need them to put Persona 5 on here. I need them to put Catherine on here. And I need them to, because I know the Persona 5 spinoffs are coming. Like, we know there's going to be Persona 5 Arena and shit. Yep. Uh, I need all that on here. All the old shit, like... You know, if you get to it, cool. But I need those in particular. I need them on here. Come on, guys. Make it happen. Yeah. Sega, Yakuza series. 
Yakuza 6, like I said, right now is in my likely to happen box. Yep. But I really, I really want them to see that on here. And again, that's another kind of game that I think if they put it on here, they're going to make a killing. Uh, slightly below that, which are, and, and this is also in the likely to happen box, Shenmue. <laughs> because we all know Shenmue 3 is... Right. Somehow that that project came about. Yeah, um, some that's like the biggest somehow of the of like the um of like the nostalgia fueled Kickstarter era. Right. Like n- I I had not heard any single person utter the word Shenmue until they announced Shenmue three on Kickstarter, and then all of a sudden was like, oh yeah, I love Shenmue. I was like, do you really? <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Really. But Sega did say that they're open to the idea of, like, a Shenmue 1 and 2, like, HD collection or whatever. Uh-huh. Which I'm sure is the kind of thing that they could sell on console as well. Especially because if they're trying to push this new game, they're going to want to kind of get people involved. Like, oh, well, see, you can catch up on the old shit, too. So that, I would love to see all that on PC. Shenmue 3 is already a confirmed PC title. So I'd love to see the first two come over. I, I, I marked that in the likely to happen box. Uh, another kind of curveball is I would love to see the Ninja Gaiden series on here. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, I think there's a great opportunity for Team Ninja to do, like, the Ninja Gaiden Trilogy Edition or whatever and do all three, like, a HD remastered or whatever the fuck trilogy. Again, that's another thing that they can sell on the current consoles. Definitely. And, and actually, like, um, the original, uh, the original Ninja Gaiden oh, that came yeah, out. Xbox One, yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. No, 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 no. no. The original Ninja Gaiden. Oh, you mean the NES? Yeah. If you, you mean, ha- if you, you haven't mean played the it, the birds will kill you, Ninja Gaiden. Yeah, it super difficult, but a re- a genuinely really good Ninja uh, Gaiden Pigeons of Justice side scroller <laughs> side scroller uh, action like platformer for for the NES. Um, yeah. Yeah, but the the Ninja Gaiden remakes for um, for the Xbox were amazing. At least the first two were. Yeah, the third one is, uh, from what I understand, eh. but, but yeah. there's no reason why they can't just bundle all three games, put them out. Here you go, you know. Oh yeah, I'd be down. Yeah, so that's some that's a great opportunity for them. Uh, and what was the last one I had in mind? Oh well, then yeah, Square again in the likely to happen box like finish up the Final Fantasy collection on here. But once I have those things, I would say that for me, and I would go as far as to say for a lot of people, then PC is pretty much ultimate. Like, it's done. <laughs> like, it is finished. Because at this point, all new stuff from pretty much everybody is coming out on everything, right? Yeah. So... Just like to finish up. Oh yeah, Neo. Of course, we said before. Like bring Neo over. Neo was um, so good. Neo. Neo is. I'm still. I liked it so much that I think at this point, oh, we're almost. We're get, We're nearing the halfway point for 2017. Neo. Neo is. I'm still trying to figure out if I liked Neo or Breath of the Wild the most this year. That is some heavy praise. Yeah. Because Breath of the Wild is being considered like. Exactly. Overblown, but it's being considered like the it game for the whole generation. Yeah, and I wouldn't put it past that, but like personally, Neo was extra special, and I and I I I need more people to play it because I think a lot of people just rid it off as uh, a Souls clone, and that they just couldn't be uh, they couldn't be doing themselves a bigger bigger disservice. So all the more reason why uh, Team Ninja needs to get that ish out on PC. Oh, as absolutely, soon as possible. absolutely. That's so, one I'm looking forward to see if E3 they make some announcements on. But yes, tell me what because I'm presuming I did not already say it. What what is your I need this on PC? So here's the thing. This is this is a logistic thing. This isn't a games thing. Um, I I am I am a collector of of electronics essentially. Right. I. If a new console comes out, I get it eventually, whether I need it or not. Am I going to spend a ton of money on it? No, but I'm going to have it. If a game comes out and it's an exclusive, I got my bases covered, whatever. 
Right. What I want for PC, in order for PC to take like its proper preeminent place in my uh, abode, right. we'll call it my my hovel. Um, right. <laughs> right. Is is a, is a logistic improvement? I need for a couple of I I, I need I need the um, marketplaces, and I need the um, I need content fluidity to be at a much, much, much better place than it is now. Um, I need, right now, Steam is is it. Steam is, I think, and this is just me talking, but I think that there are a lot of people who agree with me. Steam it has completely, uh, Steam, Steam is far more cumbersome uh, than it needs to be. I think that it could, I think that it could very easily be uh, slimmed down streamlined, uh, made to look better, be more customizable from a user perspective. I think that, uh, I hate the way that, um, steam user level works. Uh, I hate that it is not in conjunction with achievement. I think that there is there, the list of improvements that I would make to steam grows larger daily. Um, I think that the fact that you can't that there, that there isn't like a, a uh, you know, kind of like certification method for key resellers is inexcusable. I think that uh, the fact that publishers have gone so far as to uh, create their own uh, Windows and Mac application for, for their marketplaces has made this problem even worse because Origin... Blizzard, um, what's the other one? The Ubisoft one, whatever. You play. The, you play. I don't need eight of these windows open when I'm trying to figure out what game to play. None of this is good. I realize that you can take non-Steam games and add them to Steam, but like I said, I find more things wrong with Steam than I find good. And well, that's an exaggeration, but there's a lot of things I find wrong with Steam, and a lot of things that I would like to improve upon. So that's first and foremost. Right now. PC gaming, if you're going to be as like optimal as possible and try and play the most games as possible and like are the type of person who got the PC because you're going all digital and you want things to like be digital because it's cleaner and you know, it literally takes up less physical space. The fact that it creates so much clutter because there's no way to like properly, um, regulate the way that this stuff works and a lot of them don't even allow you to customize them in the way that you'd like to or or in the way that I think should be uh allowable is is a travesty I, I I really think that it's so ugly I don't think that this is preventing people who don't play PC from playing PC but it is a major gripe that I have the second thing and I'll let you poke holes in all this shit in a second but the second thing <laughs> and the second thing is uh, cross-platform play with Xbox or with PS4 or however needs to be better. There's no way, there's still no way for some reason for me to get into a party with somebody who is playing on a different console, even though I am allowed to matchmake with them. I don't understand why, and it makes me very angry. I think that um, cross-platform play has been around for a really long time, like a really long long time, like longer than people realize. In 2007, there was this game called Shadowrun that came out. It was a shooter. I knew you were going to bring that up, yep. It was cross-play with Xbox 360 and Windows fucking Vista. Like, right. <laughs> what? Like, when was the last time you heard Windows Vista? <laughs> like, you don't need, like, it, the, most, most like, offices that are behind the times still at least use, like, like, Windows XP Professional or whatever. Like, Vista was so short-lived and, like, what? Anyway... The point I'm trying to make is that I still don't know why this isn't a thing. Why I can't get into a party and for there to and for us to use a third party app like Discord or even Skype for that matter, which you can get a Skype app on your Xbox, no problem. Right. You know, right. why can't you use whatever supported third party chat application and talk on that and get into a party with one another. That, I think, would alleviate a lot of problems, and I think that that would convince a lot of people to come over to PC because there's the perceived competitive advantage, and there's the fact that you don't have to worry about not being able to play with your friends because you can still get into a party with them if they're, as long as they're playing the same game. 
Right. So, well, as far as the party thing, right? So the Xbox app on PC, at least, the, you know, this is all Windows 10 stuff, right? Yeah. So you can already do that. Yeah, you can get an Xbox Live party with somebody who's on Xbox. Yeah. Uh, but you can't get into a party. Like, I'm saying if I'm playing Rocket League on PC, I can be in an Xbox party with my friends who are playing it on Xbox, but we can't match make together. Right, yeah. So that is a, unfortunately, a A, game-by-game game thing, and B, a platform holder thing. So, for example, Microsoft already made waves earlier, I think last year, when they said hey, we're ready to throw the doors open and say, allow cross-play between Xbox Live and PlayStation, right? Yeah. Uh, so they, they're just waiting on Sony to give the okay. And Sony's like, hey, fuck you. So Sony was like, no comment. Yeah, which is essentially fuck you. Yeah. And of course, why, why would they not do it? Because they have no incentive to. Uh, Xbox is a non-factor this generation. So they're like, why are we going to give you a competitive advantage? You know, yeah. uh, I think it's a similar thing when it comes to PC. I'm still stunned, by the way, that Street Fighter V has crossplay. Like, I don't even know how they allowed to, got that one to, to fly. Uh, but particularly for things like fighting games, things that are more niche, I totally agree. It should be more of a at this stage in the game, especially given what I said earlier, how platform agnosticism is a thing. You know, we're all playing the exact same damn game, but it's just what hardware you chose to have. So what is the point of segregating all the player bases, which is ultimately bad for the players, bad for the games, and bad for the publishers? So, and you could probably make an argument in the long term bad for the platform holders. Mm -hmm. So I think that it would be in everybody's long-term best interest to... You know, and make cross total crossplay a thing, and you know, get it done. But unfortunately, industry politics will probably preclude that one. As far as the clutter, Steam, I would definitely agree with you. Steam is in need of a UI update, big time. Mm -hmm. Now, to be fair, I don't know if you know this, but you can actually skin Steam. You can skin the UI. There are skins available on the internet, and you can apply them. You know, like, like Winamp back in the day. <laughs> uh, wow. So that, that may get you a little bit toward what you're asking for, but in terms of, like, layout and things like that, absolutely. I also think, just for example, like, the Steam chat, uh, it's like, come on, this shit is from, like, 2001. Bro. I know. It's so, so bad. I, because Discord exists, nobody really gives a shit. Yeah. But it's still like, come on, guys. Like, really? Yeah. The problem is that Valve is a tiny company, and it non-traditionally won't run one at that. So they really are buckling under the weight of all the responsibility that they have, on top of the fact that they they very fervently prepare, uh, favor a kind of libertarian, market-friendly approach to everything. Like, they do not want centralized control of anything. Uh, and that approach very much has its limitations, which many people on the internet have commented on. That's an entirely different discussion. Yeah. But as far as, like, having, like, 20 different um, distribution platforms, that's not so much because there's problems with Steam. It's because those the publishers that decided to do that decided that they were too big to have to pay Steam uh, the distribution fee to have their shit up there. So EA was like, we're big enough, we're gonna just force everybody to be on our shit, fuck you guys. Ubisoft said the same thing. So, that's not going away anytime, regardless of what Steam does, that's not going away anytime soon. That's the, that's those companies throwing their market power around. Uh, but yeah, the rest of your points, I, I would pretty much agree with, you know. Uh, Steam definitely needs some a UI overhaul, uh, and, and I would definitely love to see crossplay be more of a thing, uh, just for the overall health of the various competitive game scenes. I have a feeling that the pressure on the platform holders to do that will increase over time, simply because there are so many games now, uh, and and publishers are going to be so thirsty to keep the player bases alive, however they can. They're gonna it soon is going to be like, why are we spending all this money to segregate everybody? Yeah. You know, there's, 
the, the practical reasons for doing so are lessening by the year. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, that's a lot to take in. Um, but again, this is, this is, uh, something that we definitely want to hear more about from you guys. If you want to reach out to us on Twitter, you can do so at frog snacks. You can, uh, check us out on Instagram as well at frog snacks podcast. Uh, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, which, uh, you absolutely should. And you can rate and review there as well. All of our uh, episodes are also on our website, frogsnacks.net, as well as our written content. Frog's got, uh, frog's on a little bit of a roll, with uh, written content, so there's a lot of stuff uh, coming from him, and uh, and so yeah, that's about it. Um, we will uh, we will see you guys. Oh, make sure to wish my cat happy birthday on Twitter tomorrow, and happy uh, birthday. and um, and we'll talk to you guys next week. And go play Vanquish. And go play Vanquish or pre-order it. Pre-order, yes. Yeah. All right. Peace out. Peace out, guys.